We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for the Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron. And welcome in, Bears fans, to the Bear Report Podcast. Recording live in the Vivid Seats studio. Before we get going, I'd like to mention now that the regular season's right around the corner. And while we all know it's easy money betting the Bears to crush the Packers on opening night, most bets are much harder and require far more knowledge of the NFL landscape. That's where Razor Sport comes in. Razor Sport uses exclusive proven algorithms with a stable of assets. When you sign up for Razor, you're guaranteeing yourself the kind of world-class betting advantage that the average gambler just can't get. Here's the best part. Just for being a listener of the Bear Report podcast, you can experience Razor Sport for free today without spending a dime. Yup, just go to Razorsport.com right now for a free Razor members trial. They win, they prove it. Now it's time you win. That's Razorsport.com, R-A-Z-E-R. Sign up right now, free, and start winning like the pros today. And I am your host, Zach Pearson. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming. We are in preseason week four guys we have made it uh i know it's been a long wait the preseason will be over after thursday night aaron can you believe we're almost to the end of the preseason thank god i what i will say is at least and maybe it was kind of because they won and you know things kind of went their way and plus the andrew luck stuff which we'll get to but at least the second half of this last game against the Colts was much more entertaining than anything we've seen in a while. I think part of it was just a quarterback play too, but yeah, I'm, I'm so, I'm just so ready for the the regular season to get going. I mean, at least this weekend will be fun. Well, I shouldn't say fun because I, I think that's a little insensitive. <laughs> it will be interesting. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people losing jobs. So, I mean, obviously that's unfortunate, but you know, it's just kind of part of, 
part of everything, but I, I have a feeling that we're gonna we're gonna see some movement from the Bears. I mean, I don't think there's gonna be any big trades or anything like that, but I, I would assume Cody Whitehair is gonna get a new contract. I mean, obviously they got to cut. They're I think they're at 90 players again, so I think they've they're gonna have to cut down to uh, you know 53. So that's what 37 cuts all together, and and plus the waiver wire stuff, and then they they just jump right into week one. So I mean, it's gonna be. The only good news is, is once the the preseason game ends, which I would imagine most of you guys are going to be listening to this on a on a Tuesday or Wednesday. So once Thursday ends, I mean, we're just going to see nonstop uh, roster movement, and I mean, at least that will be entertaining and and somewhat fun uh, for the fans. So that's a plus. Well, you know, it kind of brings me to this point. You and I have been talking all off season. We've been ready, ready for this thing to go, and now it's like, okay, now it's go time, and now we're going to be pretty damn busy. Um, with articles, you know, yourself, myself, and then podcasts over the next, you know, week for, or well, starting this week until hopefully, you know, mid-February when we're talking about a Super Bowl. But I'm ready to go. Like you said, man, I'm done with this preseason. This Thursday's preseason game is probably going to be the most boring yet um, from the first three. Uh, I didn't really get to watch the Saturdays live, so that I kind of got out of that one because I had a wedding to go to. But other than that, man, I'm just ugh, I'm so ready for the regular season and, and um, to get going with these roster cuts. But like you said, it's kind of a sensitive subject because jobs are on the line. Um, but I, you know, personally, I don't think the Bears really have many big decisions to make. I think you know, you and I were talking about this before the podcast started. There's probably two to three open roster spots, maybe a couple of guys fighting for those open roster spots. So it's not like years past where maybe we see you know some tough decisions have to be made. Um, this year, I think it's just going to be pretty clean cut and dry. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I mean, really, and I'm sure we'll kind of get to this a little bit. Um, but I mean, what there, there's really, I mean, I, I think the majority of maybe the open roster spots, if you want to go that far, would be something like, you know, swing tackle where TJ Clemmings is now done for the year and we don't know Rashad Coward's status. So, I mean, we could see a move there. Or let's just say Eddie Pinheiro, who had a fantastic day on Saturday, let's just say he comes out on Thursday and sucks and they have to go out and get a kicker. I I think the majority of the potential roster spots, roster openings, I guess you could say, are probably going to come from outside sources. I mean, the same thing could be said for maybe tight end. Um, You just never know. But I, I just... I think obviously, like we see every year, the Bears will set their roster at 53 um, unless they make a trade. And then if they want to make some movement on the waiver wire, they can. I think the big thing to kind of keep in mind with that is just the fact that they're going to be low on the waiver wire priority for the first time in quite a while because they finished with 12 wins. So it's not going to be like past years where they can kind of claim whoever they want and for the most part get them, Um, especially, like I said, the kicker situation, I think. I don't know. I, I, I feel I feel weirdly comfortable. Maybe I'm just riding the roller coaster too much and it's recency bias, but I, I feel like Pinero did more than enough to win the job as long as he stays consistent on Thursday and and I think he will. But outside of that, I mean, I just don't really see any any positions where they're gonna have to sit there on the waiver wire and wait for somebody. I think if anything they would make a trade, uh you know, a, a very cheap trade for somebody like uh, Demetrius Harris, who was with Kansas City and then signed with the Browns. And there's some talk that he is probably on the roster bubble just because of the talent that they have. In my mind, he would be a much better option than, let's say, somebody like Bradley Soule. 
I, you know, those are the kind of moves where if they make sense, it makes sense. And it could be a player for player deal where maybe the Browns don't really want compensation outside of maybe something that fits them better. I mean, the Bears have decent depth uh, at parts of their roster as well, where maybe they can make a few moves and, you know, do a few player for player trades. I don't think we're going to see a ton of activity by any means, but it wouldn't surprise me if we see, you know, one or two additions. And like I said, also Cody White here. I mean, that's 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 going to be top priority right now and it wouldn't surprise me if they extend somebody else i don't know who it'll be i don't even know if it'll happen but you know danny trevathan wouldn't really surprise me uh maybe somebody that we're not thinking about but i mean they have some money to work with at least according to the nflpa they have right around 26 million dollars uh apparently that number may be a little little bit off and it may be you know still about 21 and a half like we talked about last week but either way i mean they they have some flexibility they can always roll that over in the 2020 which would definitely help but if they want to make a move um, they have the financial flexibility to make it happen this year, obviously within reason. Yeah, and I guess kind of my prediction from last week's podcast that a deal would get done uh, for Cody Whitehair did not come true after uh, they freed up that money um, last week on a was it Charles Leno's restructuring? Um, I forgot what day exactly that happened, but yeah, it's gonna be a busy time, man. Through Thursday. As soon as the game's over with, you know, I believe the Bears probably gonna start making some decisions. Uh, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the deadline is August 31st for the 53-man roster. If August 31st is Saturday, then you yep. would be correct. Okay, yeah, and, I think it's yeah. three. I want to say it's three, 3 p.m. Central time, so Central. 4 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, yeah. So. And then you have your uh, the 10-man practice squad, which will probably be pretty much complete. What Sunday night? we could expect um yeah because i think the waiver priority happens i want to say it's 12 I, I think it's noon central time that just for that one day so yeah once once waiver claims go through then teams can start establishing practice squads so i think we'll have a pretty good idea of exactly where the bears stand like you said by sunday night and the nice thing is memorial day is on monday so even yep. if you're stuck on your phone or paying attention to all this craziness uh you'll still have another day to kind of recoup uh before going back to work yeah, and, and the Bears do return to practice Sunday, too. So they'll have uh, Friday, Saturday off of Sunday practice, Monday practice, Tuesday practice, Wednesday off, and then it'll be week one um, for Green Bay. So it's it's going to be here right before we know it. And, and like we said earlier, we're going to be super busy. But, you know, going back to the practice squad, I think, you know, we all are going to have a good idea of what the Bears practice squad is going to look like. I think you and I could both give our predictions now and, and pretty – be pretty close to spot on maybe you get seven or eight out of the ten i don't think there's any really uh much big decisions to be made by the bears i think the guys that we're gonna see cut if ryan nall doesn't make it tanner gentry definitely think they'll be back on the practice squad so but um yeah we'll have full coverage on the bear report we're gonna get into our three things our quick breakdown of uh the latest news before we do that let's hit our first break and we'll be right back the old west is an iconic period of american history I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. And welcome back into the Bearport Podcast. Let's get right into it, Eric. Our three headlines um, regarding the Bears over the past couple of days. Let's start with the biggest one. I didn't get to watch this game live, but like everyone, I got the notification as it was going on. And 
Andrew Luck is retiring. And we bring this up because it's Bears related because it is happening during the Bears game. And you were watching it, correct? You were watching it live? Yeah, I was watching it live. The entire what? situation was surreal. What the heck was going on? Like, so I was at a wedding, and we're sitting at the table, and all of our phones, all the guys' phones just started going, brr, 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 and you get the ESPN notification. What was it like watching that? Like, it's, it's, it's going on. And seeing him on the sideline. He was on the sideline, which is the craziest thing. So I don't want to sound insensitive here, right? Um, but, I mean, there was a level of it was kind of it was kind of funny, and this is why because one, uh, at least where I'm at, I'm in California, I'm watching it off a uh, NFL Game Pass, right? So I've got the Colts broadcast, uh, NFL preseason broadcast, not known for being very good, usually very homerish. Uh, this was on another level. I don't know who they had as their color guy in the booth, but this dude, every single time he referred to the Colts, it was we, it was us. It just it sounded like a fan calling the game. And it was, I mean, it was just, he kept talking about how much better the Colts were than the Bears, how much better depth they had, how how much the Colts were dominating the Bears and trying to make the game sound super important and how they had to get the win. And then as soon as the Bears started coming back, then all of a sudden the narrative changed to, oh, well, you know, Tyler Bray's just beating up on a defense that's playing, you know, cover two shells and they're not really doing anything. And, you know, so you kind of started seeing it go downhill and then the Bears took the lead. And what was funny about it was that, the luck news broke in the third quarter, right? So the the luck news broke, I think, myself and a lot of people. I know myself for sure. We're kind of like, is this real? Like, it almost kind of seemed like Adam Schefter got got hacked. Like, it just it didn't seem right. And the, the broadcast actually didn't mention anything about it until about seven or eight minutes left in the game. And it was more of uh, it was speculation at that point, and they were just kind of reading it off. But the entire tone of their booth changed drastically, and it went from they were excited because they thought they were going to win their first preseason game and how good the team looked and all this stuff and how good Chad Kelly looked. All of a sudden, it was like you could kind of tell that they were both making the connection like this entire season just changed because of one guy. And like I said, it was very surreal just because – I mean, Andrew Luck's a great dude. I mean, we all know that. He's a very good quarterback. He struggled with health. But that's just not something. He's 29 years old. I mean, he's the same age as I am. Uh, it's just one of those situations where, I, I don't know, it just it, it was just a very weird, it was a very weird scenario for me because I went from kind of paying attention to the game and it was kind of getting good and Tyler Bray looked good and, you know, stuff was finally starting to go right. Eddie Pinheiro nailed that kick, that 58-yard kick. He had the emotion that kind of – there was some weight lifted off Bears fans' shoulders with that kick in general to all of a sudden it's like, holy crap, Andrew Luck just retired. Like the entire season uh, for the Colts where a lot of people thought that they could be Super Bowl contenders, the entire season it's now in question because Andrew Luck retired. And then it was after the game – I thought the craziest moment was he was walking off the field in street clothes and the game was over with and everybody's walking off and just a ton of Colts fans started booing. And it was it was insane. The one viral tweet I've had outside some of the uh, some of the news I've broken, you know, that hasn't been for a while. But the only viral tweet I've had was basically my observation from a broadcast saying that the Colts fans were booing Andrew Luck. It was just, it was just like I said, the entire situation was weird. My mentions were blowing up. Andrew Luck retired. I'm sitting there trying to write articles, and the only thing I could think about is that. It's like the game didn't matter at that point. It was just, it was just a really, really weird situation overall. And yeah, it's just a sport. And I mean, obviously we're, we're, you know, we we cover the Bears. We're Bears fans. You know, everybody else that listens to this, is Bears fans. 
but it was still a very surreal moment. And it's like you can't help but feel feel for the Colts where they think they're just entering a Super Bowl window, and all of a sudden, you know, a top five quarterback in the league retires, and it's like now you got Jacoby Brissett starting. Yeah, it definitely changes the whole entire landscape um, in the AFC South and even the AFC because the Colts were definitely a popular Super Bowl pick. Um, I believe it was like everyone was riding the uh, the Chiefs, the Browns, and the Colts um, to to be the uh, favorite from the AFC. So yeah, that's that's just wild. But so what you're pretty much telling me is that Andrew Luck sabotaged uh, Eddie Pinero's big night. <laughs> Well, I mean, in a sense, and especially Pinero's celebration afterwards was was nails, man. That was I'm not gonna lie, uh, you know, was it was awesome. a preseason game, but I yelled, I was pumped. Like, <laughs> I mean, that was really cool. This, I mean, dude, he drilled it. It was a 58 yarder, and he he probably could have made it from 62, 63, but it was just like, like I said, it was like a weight lifted off of my shoulders, and I'm sure multiple other Bears fans. Uh, just watching him make that kick, this is the first time that he was the only kicker. It's like it almost kind of felt like, all right, this is our guy. And that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Eddie Pinheiro is the Bears guy until he proves me different. Yeah, it, you know, just it was nice to see Eddie Pinheiro do that because I think he's definitely taken the job now. He's won the job. He's proven he should be the guy. Hopefully he doesn't go out and screw it all up against the Titans. But, yeah, going back to Luck, man, watching him in that press conference was just – that was wild, like how he just started the whole thing and it went through the whole timeline and, you know, the decision and how he talked to Jim Ursay earlier that day. And, you know, what I, what I kind of take away from that is I, they definitely didn't want that to leak early. He was going to have the press conference on Sunday, and I think he was talking to Ursay on Saturday, what, afternoon. And they're going to do a press conference Sunday so they wouldn't interfere with the game. But was he, I know Schefter had the big report, but – I thought I read somewhere that like some local guy like tweeted out a rumor or something about it happening, and then Schefter went and, and confirmed the entire report and put it out. But I mean, that's just wild, and that, that's just kind of worst case scenario right there, all around for Colts fans. Because like you said, he's a top five quarterback. Um, you know, they had Super Bowl aspirations. They were a legit contender. Um, and, and you know, last season I thought they were really good in, in having a an, an improved defense, but an okay defense. But they ran right into you know the Chiefs at home in a playoff game, and it, it just wasn't easy. Um, you know, turning things back over to the Bears side of this, um, from Saturday's game, there's been some significant injury news. So Rashad Coward left the game, the second preseason game against the Giants, um, with a left elbow injury. Veteran T.J. Clemens was slotted in as the backup uh, tackle. And now he's hurt, and uh, the Bears announced today that Clemens is pretty much done for the season. Uh, so, yeah, not good news on the uh, offensive line for the backup tackle job. Aaron, where are you at with the with these tackles, and is there anyone currently on the roster you think they could slot in there in the backup role? Well, it's definitely – I wouldn't say a worst-case scenario because the worst-case scenario would be like Charles Leno going down, and then you're defaulting to a backup tackle. I, I think there's a few things to keep in mind. One – Regardless of who the Bears swing tackle was going to be, even if none of these guys got hurt, it was going to be an unproven option. Um, secondly, I feel terrible for TJ Clemmings for the main fact that the dude had a torn ACL last year. I actually really liked him coming out of Pittsburgh. He had a torn ACL last year. The Bears signed him. He started the started the uh, started camp on pup, got off pup. I thought he actually looked pretty good. I thought out of all of the backup tackles that the Bears had on the roster, including Rashad Coward, I thought TJ Clemmings was far and away the best product and I actually think he would have made the roster had he not got hurt but now you're in a situation where you sure as hell can't march out uh Cornelius Lucas I mean he has been awful 
And I mean awful. I mean, anybody who's watched any of the preseason games for the Bears has seen multiple penalties, multiple sacks given up. I mean, the dude is just he's just not good. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. The one thing I did find interesting uh, is Alex Bars played the entire second half at left tackle. And I could be wrong, um, but I do think that he's going to probably play the majority of the game at left tackle again in the final preseason game. And the reason I think that is because they uh, re-signed Tommy Doles for the third time, uh, got a Northwestern undrafted guy. So I think that at a very worst case scenario, probably what you're looking at is I think you're probably going to have Alex Bars slotted in as that swing tackle unless they can find somebody in the waiver wire and make a trade again i mean there's not enough good starting tackles in the league as is it's going to be very hard to find a suitable swing tackle that isn't making six or seven million dollars a year and i don't think the bears are going to invest that in it but it's also an interesting development with bars just because bars did play a little bit of offensive tackle um at notre dame and obviously he worked with harry he um outside of one year that he was there so i mean that's it, it would be a pretty incredible find for the Bears if not only did they get a draftable talent in a guy like Bars and somebody that's probably going to end up being a future starter for them down the line, but it would be pretty incredible if not only they found a somebody like that, but somebody who can slot out and play uh, swing tackle at a moment's notice. So, I mean, obviously we still got a little bit to go, and there's clearly questions there regardless, but I guess if there's any... Uh, you know, any any good thing to take away from it would be that it looks like Alex Bars one is not only going to make the roster, which I think uh, you know Adam Johns from the Hogan Johns podcast to kind of touch on as well as the guy that was going to make it regardless. But now he's got some added value, and he could be one of those first guys off the bench. Yeah, I had Bars making the roster too. I thought he was really good in those first two preseason games. Uh, going back, yeah, he got some work at at left tackle um, for yeah, like you said, the whole second half and. Saturday's game with the Colts, so yeah, I mean, you don't want to see Coward and, and Clemmings be done for a significant time. Obviously, that's not the case with Clemmings. He's going to be done for the year, um, but yeah, Coward it doesn't look like he's going to be ready to come back anytime soon. I got to imagine he's still probably at least a month away, um, but the good news is you, you now you have someone like Alex Bars who has played tackle in the past in college that can come in and maybe be that backup guy and have that added value. Um, you know, on the positive side of injury news from today, Anthony Miller and Aaron Lynch both returned to practice. Um, you know, Miller, we, we pretty much figured Miller would be ready to go week one against the Packers. It was just kind of, will he be 100% or uh, would he be playing with that bummed ankle? Uh, I don't, I, it's going to be tough to see if he's 100% right away for week one, but this is also a guy that played all of last season essentially with a um, busted shoulder and only missed a few games. Um, for a guy that, you know, going into the season, I thought would be a breakout player, have a big year. I'm just kind of curious to see um, what his role will be like in week one and, 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 and if he is fully healthy. Because even when he wasn't at, wasn't participating in practice, he was still out there helping the guys and, and kind of doing some light running. So I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on over the next uh, week or so. Well, I think just the Bears getting healthy with those guys in general is going to be a big thing, whether it's Lynch, whether it's Miller. I mean, just just kind of having those guys back. I mean, it's and this is kind of the reason, again, I mean, we're and we're going to talk about this a little bit more um, a little bit later on with the with our guest is, you know, Matt Nagy has played, in my opinion, played this preseason pretty damn well. It's been very boring for us Bears fans to watch for the most part, even if you're a bottom of the roster guy. But 
I mean, again, the, the, the regular season is always going to be the focus, always going to be the focus. And the fact that you're going to have, you know, Anthony Miller ready, you're going to have Aaron Lynch ready, you're going to have all 22 or 23 starters, depending on if you count, you know, Nichols a starter or whatever it may be. Either way, the fact that you're going to have every single starter ready to go for week one versus a team like the Packers, who Oren Burks is not going to be ready to go. You know, there's, there's, there's players all over the league. I mean, Lamar Miller... Um, was lost for the year with a torn ACL. Um, there's been Avery Williamson, the same thing. There's been multiple starters all around the league who their seasons are over now because they played in meaningless preseason games. I mean, just, again, ask Cameron Meredith about it. So as boring as things may have been for the most part during the preseason, it's also very refreshing to see Nagy with the perspective that he has and noticing that, one, the Bears are contender, they have the majority of the roster already figured out, but two, they don't need to play these guys. It's just as simple as they got to be ready for week one. They're going to have to be ready for week one three days earlier than every other team outside of the Packers in the NFL anyway. Um, so I, I think that most fans, once week one rolls around, are going to be very happy that they have all their starters ready to go and they have the majority of their depth guys also ready to go. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, yeah, the Bears, the Bears, it's a quick turnaround because the Bears are going to have to they're going to have to get going and, and start prepping for the Packers. Um, let's talk about the final roster cuts for a little bit before we get into our special guest. Um, Aaron, I'll tell you where I'm at with this. I think you're on the same page as me here. I think there's maybe a maximum of two play, two positions, two spots um, open. I put out my 53 man roster earlier today on the Bear Report, and I was kind of you know shuffling back and forth between a few guys. Um, you know, as it stands now, I, I just think there's maybe two, maybe, maybe three um, roster spots open at, at the max. But the guys I was kind of struggling on is, are they going to, how many tight ends are going to keep? Because you're going to keep Trey Burton, you're going to keep Adam Shaheen, um, you're going to keep um, Bradley Soule and Ben Braunacker. That's four I have. And then I added um, Ian Bunting over Dax Raymond. I think Raymond's a guy that could stash in the practice squad. And then going to the defensive line, I did include Jonathan Bullard um, on mine, and I left Nick Williams off. I've seen a couple that have had both Bullard and Williams on theirs. I also kept Kwiatkowski because I thought he had a better game on um, Saturday night than he has the first two um, preseason games. So yeah, there's a couple guys, you know, someone like Clifton Duck maybe has a last-ditch effort to make the roster. I left him off of mine. Are there any players maybe that you think are probably fighting for their roster lives and do actually have a chance to steal one or two spots come Thursday? I don't know. I I don't. I'm I'm looking at this roster, and I mean, just in general. I mean, we've, we've kind of talked about it all preseason, where I think the majority of these roster spots are already spoken for. And again, I mean, you're you're talking about, uh, you know, you had rookie mini camp, and then you had what three sets of OTAs, and then a veteran mini camp, and then you had training camp, and you've had these practices plus three preseason games already. I don't know how much stock can really be put into that final that final game. I mean, if you're really kind of looking at roster spots, I think the the final running back spot would be up for grabs right now between Kareth White and Ryan Nall. Um, I think obviously you know some of some of what you pointed out inside linebacker, outside linebacker, stuff like that. But I don't know that there's going to be a ton of uh, I don't know if there's going to be a ton of value put into this game as a whole. I think it's going to be maybe a small portion of the overall evaluation, but I don't think it's going to be life or death. Like some fans think it is for some of these guys. I think maybe they're, let's just say there's one or two guys on the bubble, but again, I think it's going to be more of a uh, overall evaluation. And again, I mean, with a lot of these guys, it's not like there's been, you know, a lot of like big time performances for some players 
and then the other players that they're competing against have been terrible. Like, I don't know that there's going to be a big enough, uh, you know, differential between two players competing for a spot for this game to really mean that much. And maybe that's just cynical on my part. But again, I just don't think there's hardly any value within the fourth preseason game as a whole outside of make sure that none of your stars play, make sure that none of your important depth guys play. Uh, you've got 90 guys on the roster. You got to keep 53. You got 37 guys, make those guys as useful as possible. And I think that's pretty much what we're going to see. If anything, they may win jobs elsewhere. Um, you know, partly based on this film, but in terms of actual roster decisions, maybe outside of like a Pinheiro or something like that, I don't really think that this game's going to mean a lot. Yeah, I, it definitely won't mean a lot. Um, just going through the numbers and who the players, um, the Bears could keep. I do think, you know, we did talk about the tackle position with Alex Bars making it. Um, Rashad Card is going to be an interesting one to see if they stash him on IR or what they do with him. Um, other than that, you look at the numbers all around. I think they're going to keep five outside linebackers. I think Vodders has done enough to make it, um, along with Isaiah Irving, Lynch, and then obviously the two and Mack and Floyd. Um and then inside linebacker for myself, I had uh, the veteran. I had them keeping um, – I can't say his name. Joel Iggy, we'll call him again. Yeah, Joel Iyebuniwe. Oh, man, that's a tough one to say. <laughs> and <laughs> then uh, I have him keeping the veteran, Kevin Pierre-Lewis. I also have them letting go of uh, Kylie Fitz. But look at my practice squad. I'll read off my practice squad, and this is just kind of like my best guess on it. I'd say Ryan Naw, Clifton Duck, John Franklin third. Dax Raymond, Steven Denmark, Sam Mustafer, um, Josh Woods is a name I've seen uh, tossed around the practice squad and maybe even the 53-man roster. Um, Chuck Harris, Tyler Bray, and uh, Tanner Gentry. My three actual roster bubbles um, going into this game, I think Clif- Clifton Duck, Nick Williams, and Marvin Hall. I think when I look at Marvin Hall, I think having Tyler Bray, Bray throw to him may have cost him. A, uh, a roster spot just because I mean look at the first two games the first two games he had defenders beat deep wide open and Bray overthrew him back to back to back games which would have been touchdowns on the other hand though looking at Marvin Hall he had his chance to also make a big impact on special teams and he hasn't been able to do it well yeah that was kind of what I was going to bring up I do agree that terrible quarterback play in those first two games has really hurt him um, especially with all the hype that he was riding between OTAs and minicamp and then coming into the preseason. I mean, uh, sorry, into uh, training camp. I mean, yeah, he was definitely one of those guys. I remember a lot of people, including myself, were saying there there's no way that they can't keep seven receivers. They got too much talent, a receiver. And now you're looking at it as like, no, they could definitely just keep six receivers and stash one or two of these guys on the practice squad, uh, you know. And But I, I do agree with your larger point that I think the big issue with him, or at least for me right now with him, is I mean, special teams wise, he's not good. I mean, just it, for as fast as he's supposed to be, he is not a good returner. And especially when you compare that to what Kareth White has done as a kick returner over the last few games. I mean, he has looked fantastic back there. If they didn't have, that's the thing, if they didn't have Cordero Patterson, I think he would be an absolute lock to make the roster just because he's so explosive and you can actually see that that speed. It's not just straight line speed. I mean, you can actually see him be able to break away and he has a lot of explosion and big play ability. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I, I think the receivers are set in stone. Javon Wims is consistently showing up in every game. I mean, he didn't really do much last week, but that's not a big deal. But, uh, yeah, as far as Hall goes, I, I don't actually know, and maybe you know more about this than I because I haven't really looked into it that much, but I don't even know. Does he have uh, practice squad eligibility? Uh, I haven't really checked on that. That's actually a good question. Um, I 
let's see. Well, he's played. He's been in the league what two years now? Uh, this, this is, is his third. I think so. I think that third, sounds right. Because yeah, he was a uh, exclusive rights free agent. Yeah, and he was with Atlanta the past two years. Yeah, and he didn't get an offer tendered. Yeah, so that's a good question. I, that's actually a good question. I don't know. I should look into that. Yeah, see, I don't um, know. I don't really know the practice squad eligibility rules and all that stuff. So I don't. I, I mean, obviously, we know Tyler Bray is. I would assume that Hall probably is. I didn't really think about it that much. Um, but I mean, you yeah. you could be dead on, and we know how hurt receivers can get. Yeah, and I mean the Bears are going to keep a handful of receivers too. I mean they're going to keep um, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, Cordero Patterson, um, Javon Wins, and Riley Ridley. So yeah, we'll see. Thursday night should be an interesting one um, for the final preseason game at Soldier Field. And if you're heading there, remember to check out Vivid Seats. Use promo code Overtime in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. That's Vivid Seats promo code Overtime. Aaron, we're going to bring on our special guest right now. Before we do that, let's hit our first, or let's hit our second break. Then we'll get into our interview with 670 Scores and Radio.com's uh, Joe Ostrowski. He hosts the weeknight show for 670 Score, and he hosts a new betting show, You Better, You Bet, on Radio.com. Fantastic interview. Um, you actually get a little bit of a history lesson with Aaron. Uh, I won't spoil it for anyone. But uh, they talk about um, the first time they've actually talked to each other, which was I, – I had no idea um, this even happened. But I won't spoil it. I'll let you guys listen to it, and we'll be right back after the interview. And now joining us here on the Bear Report podcast is a very special guest. He is a weeknight host on 670 The Score and the host of the You Better You Bet pod, or show on Radio.com. This is Joe Ostrowski. Joe, thank you so much for joining us, man. Zach and Aaron, it is an absolute pre- pleasure. And uh, after hearing from you guys asking me to come on the show, I was very excited because I had flashbacks to my childhood as a season ticket holder for many years. My dad was a subscriber to the Bear Report, so I would run home on Tuesdays and I would see the cover of Neil Anderson, Jim Harbaugh, or Steve McMichael, and uh, spent much of my Tuesday afternoon rifling through the latest Bear Report. That is awesome, dude. I am so glad you brought that up because, you know, I've been on the Bear Report for a couple years now, but... I definitely know the history because we have some diehard subscribers and, and guys that have been around forever. And it's just like when they tell me stories, just like what you told me, it's is just like the coolest thing I've heard. I, that was one of the worst parts when my dad finally gave up the season tickets in Dave Wanstead's final year when he just said, I'm sorry, I just can't take it anymore. <laughs> is I knew we weren't going to get those free editions of the Bear Report anymore. And what's awesome with the whole Joe, you know, Joe being on with this thing is, the first ever radio spot that I did was with him, and it was right after the Brandon Marshall stuff. And that was always like, you're always going to hold a special place in my heart for even giving me that opportunity. I was scared out of my mind that entire time, and you were just amazing with me. So, I don't know, I just kind of wanted to say that while we had you on, man. You've uh, always always been really good to me, and I really appreciate it. I had no idea that was your first radio interview, at least in Chicago. No clue, because afterwards I was like, Wow. I didn't know how Aaron was going to sound, and I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I was like, okay, keep his name in mind for the future. That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate that. 
now it's uh it's kind of our turn to uh interview you now um i know you do a lot of the interviews uh, on the score and your new show but um i kind of want to get your you know thoughts because this is very fresh news the whole andrew luck thing when it went down saturday night biggest story so far um of the NFL season. And, you know, we know what it's going to do in terms of the Colts. They're going to go to Jacoby Brissett now. But betting-wise, what does this do with the odds for the Colts and their win total now? Well, it depends where you look. Now, before this luck news broke during that Bears game, the win total, everywhere you look, whether it's offshore or out in Vegas, was sitting at 9.5. Once some of the books out in Vegas readjusted, they reduced that by two full wins down to seven and a half. But I saw there were some books out in New Jersey. I believe Fandle put it all the way down at six and a half. So a, a three-game adjustment. We're used to talking about, okay, what is a specific quarterback worth to the point spread? And a big part of that is how good is the backup quarterback? Now, Brissett is actually one of the better backups that you're going to find around the league when you start rifling through the names but uh, we, we don't talk about how many games that they're actually worth. And that, that's something last year that I would think about. Like, boy, how many games is Khalil Mack worth to this team? A, a defensive player, but he is at, at an impact position. And the consensus seems to be that luck is worth two to three victories, which has got to be at the very top of the league. I mean, up there with guys like Aaron Rodgers. And, and you know, going into the season, the Colts were obviously one of the teams in the AFC that, you know, we're up there to kind of win this, win the uh, conference and maybe represent them in the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Chiefs, um, you have the Patriots. So now with the Colts, um, you know, I had them winning the division. Uh, I think it. I mean, would you agree it's now kind of up in the air, or do you think maybe Houston's a favorite? I loved the Colts coming into the season. I thought they were on the short list of Super Bowl contenders, and maybe this year that they would be able to take down the Patriots and represent the AFC. Uh, and now you, I think you've just got to eliminate them. Now, if you want to go over the win total, I wouldn't mind that because the last time Brissett was playing on a regular basis, just keep in mind the state of that offensive line, much better surrounding parts right now. So maybe they can be all right, uh, possibly a 500 team. But, of course, they're going to have a more challenging schedule. I don't like the Texans personally this year. They had such an easy ride last year. Now they're dealing with that first-place schedule. So it's going to be tough. It wouldn't surprise me if Bill O'Brien were to end up losing his job. And Deshaun Watson, with that O-line there, I mean, is he going to be able to survive the entire season? What really jumps out to me after this news is, okay, I think the Jaguars are your worst-to-first-place team. The defense should be much better than they were a year ago, and they have a major upgrade at quarterback. I don't care what your opinion of Nick Foles is. And there seems to be some value there. I think they're about 3-1 to one to win the division. I-, I could see the division flip this year, and the Jaguars are last year's Texans or Bears. Well, it's interesting that you bring up the worst of first things. That's obviously exactly what the Bears did last year. And I've kind of been struggling with that same thing, you know, looking at record predictions and trying to find that one team that could really do that. And, I mean, the Jaguars do make sense. I, I think, <clears throat> at least for me, a lot of it kind of comes down to the culture aspect. I know a lot of people are comparing – the 2018 Bears or the 2017 Jaguars, which is kind of leading into my next question because you kind of touched on uh, the Texans being that team that had the easy schedule last year. You're not really buying into them. Uh, I've seen you post a lot of lines for the Bears, whether that be Trubisky, uh, you know, the MVP odds and stuff like that. Where, where are you at with the Bears right now? 
Yeah, this is, this has been a challenge, Aaron. I've been trying to figure it out. I mean, if this defense is fairly healthy, now, of course, that's always a question, and that's a guess for every team. Are, are they really going to lose half of their games? Because that's how you, you end up losing in over nine bet by by going eight and eight on the season. And the fact of the matter is, history tells us when you have a defense that performs to that level, uh, starting with the takeaways, it, it's not repeatable. It's probably not going to happen again. So what we need to see is probably not one, but a couple of steps from Trubisky, and he needs to play better on the road on a regular basis. Now, the numbers, you know, completion percentage, quarterback rating, not horrible, but but you don't see the touchdowns. They weren't putting up enough points on the road. And so that's what they're going to have to do. But I also think guys like Roquan Smith are going to be much better, you know, believe it or not, even than he was in his rookie season. So I have been torn on the Bears, and part of that is because – I'm not sure what to expect out of the Packers and Matt LaFleur. I, I do like the Vikings overall. Surprisingly to me, there are some people that really like what the Lions are doing. It looks like they're, they're going to run the ball more. They're just going to stick to their roots with Patricia as the, as the head coach, and, and they brought in even more help on the defensive side. I, I think they're going to hang around. I'm not saying they're going to be first or second place in the division, but they're going to be close to a 500 record, and they're going to compete. It's not going to be a buy for any team in the NFC North. So, so if I had to choose a side, now I think the win total of nine is pretty solid here. If I had to choose a side, I would probably lean towards the under because of some of the turnover they, luck they had last year with some of the – the fumble recoveries that they had, interceptions thrown by opposing quarterbacks, and it is still really, really hard to win 10 games in this league. So I would lean to the under, but honestly, I probably wouldn't put any money on it. And that's fair. I I think, you know, kind of going back and forth, Will Brinson, uh, there's been a few other guys. I mean, you've been involved with some of that on on Twitter as well, and there's definitely an argument to both sides. I mean, I'm looking at it maybe from uh, more of a biased perspective and looking at it saying, at least in my mind, I don't think the Bears really got any worse. And like you said, the defense is probably going to regress in some areas. I think turnover is obviously a big one, turnover differential as well. Uh, But I also think that there's, like you pointed out, I mean, Roquan Smith should take a big step this year. Uh, They've got Cleo Mack that's, you know, actually went through training camp with them. You know, preseason didn't really matter, but there's that. And then you got Eddie Jackson. So I I can definitely see it both ways. But I do agree that the big thing for the Bears, they they can't survive like they did last year, mainly for the fact that their offense has got to be better. And that's actually something Anthony Miller brought up today and and saying that really the defense kind of carried them for the majority of the season. And that just simply can't happen. This isn't, you know, 2005, 2006, when the Bears did this and went to the Super Bowl. It just isn't the same league. So I would agree there now kind of moving to a more broad spectrum with the Bears. Out of all the bets you've seen, whether that's Trubisky, um, you know, MVP, which I don't think any of us think is going to happen, whether that's Khalil Mack sack totals, anything like that. Is there any good bet for Bears fans or just around the NFL in general that you would that you would put money down on the Bears right now? Uh, Let me also add to that, Aaron. And, and, you know, the turnover thing has been beat to death. And but but something that I also take a look at now, their record in one score games. It, it wasn't outlandish at six and four. Sometimes when you have a team that say goes nine and three, I believe that's what the Cowboys went last year. You could see some negative regression coming the following season. Six and four is not something that worries me. What does worry me is the defensive performance that we saw. And you were in ten one-score games. 
in a 12 and four season, you were involved in 10 of those. So I, a shock to no one, they just need to put more points on the, on the board. And hopefully we're not talking about the kicker. Cause that would be a great thing if we're not talking about Eddie Pinheiro. And it looks like he's, he's going to be the guy after this past Saturday night. Uh, as far as a bet I like for the bears. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Mitch Trubisky. I mean, it's funny. I was talking to the guys over at Caesars. They're down to 22 to one. 22 to wow. 1. When you look at look at some of the names around him, like this is just nuts. For some reason, they get so much money for Bears fans. It, it's crazy. Um, hmm, the, make the playoffs, miss the playoffs. It's about even money. I would take a look at. Hmm. You know, if you if you want just to bet a little to win a lot, you could make the argument that David Montgomery is a lead back. He's Matt Nagy's workhorse, even though he's talked a lot about uh, splitting the work up, and we know they went out and signed Mike Davis right away. Can he lead the league in rushing? Like Kareem Hunt did as a rookie for Nagy when he was the play caller in KC, you could find that bet at 50-1 to for a bit of a long shot. That's not that bad, actually, because I I do think David Montgomery will definitely take over as the full-time starter, because I you know, the way they're going to use Tariq Cohen in my eyes, I think they'll put him all over the field, um, line him up as a receiver, have Montgomery in the backfield. Uh, kind of going with this whole starter thing, you know, going away from the bets here, what are your thoughts on Matt Nagy sitting the starters this entire preseason? We saw Trubisky get in uh, three snaps, three handoffs. Uh, are you a fan of it, or are you kind of more traditional where you rather see the starters get some run in the playoffs? Or in the um, preseason, sorry. Yeah, I'm 100% behind Negi in this one. Uh, I'm not backing him with every decision that he makes, but I don't see how you can question it. Now, a year ago, much of the media, many fans, up in arms, what are you doing? This is the dress rehearsal. This is not what you're supposed to do. And then look how they came out and they played in the season opener against the Packers. So what are you really arguing for? And when you look at the roster in this depth chart, for the most part, you know everybody's role. You're just talking about some guys at the end of the roster that are maybe fighting for some spots. And last week, before that Giants game, two days before, they had their preseason game, but they had it under their control at Hallis Hall. And I think that's how teams are going to do it moving forward. They're going to hold their own team scrimmages and then maybe joint practices during the week instead of these preseason games as we get closer and closer to two games and 18 regular season games. That's probably coming up right around the corner. But I think if you're a fan of a contending team like the Bears this year, what's number one? Get out of the preseason healthy and have everybody ready to go for week one. Matt Nagy has ensured that they're going to be healthy for the season opener, the 100th season for the NFL, Bears-Packers, everybody's going to be out on the field. Aside from, you know, Anthony Miller, a concern, of course, and he was a bit of a concern throughout last year in his rookie campaign. But but that's the number one for me. I mean, go ask a Panther fan how they feel right now about a hobbled Cam yeah. Newton. Yeah, the, the this season with um, injuries has just been – it's been wild with Lamar Miller going down with the ACL. And I, I have some friends that listen to the podcast, and they always argue with me, like, oh, I wish, you know, Matt Nagy would play Trubisky a little bit. He needs it, and I'm – I'm totally with you on it. I think you got to get out of the preseason healthy. You can't take any risk, any injury, Trubisky, Mack, Roquan Smith, anyone like that. Um, going back to the betting now, uh, you had fantastic coverage 
of um, you know Illinois when they were going through the betting laws and all that. Um, now the news broke a couple of days ago, I believe, that um, Indiana is getting some sports books. When can we realistically expect to bet in Illinois for those that are maybe you know just new to this whole thing or kind of getting into betting and, and haven't been following it as much? I wish I had a good answer for you, Zach. But the thing is, I have no idea, and I get this question just about every day on Twitter. I wish I had a rock-solid idea about what was going to happen with Illinois. But uh, for those that don't follow it closely, gaming has a history of moving very slow in this state. It, it took a while for this to pass. It finally passed, and you're right. They're already up and running in Iowa they're the closest sports book to Soldier Field, which is only 15 miles away in Indiana. They're going to open the day before, and Mike Dick is going to make their first wager oh as my. they op- open up the, the, uh, the sports book area. Now, the Illinois Gaming Board, it took a while to put, put that together, and they're going to meet again, I, I think, a couple of weeks into September. Bottom line, we're a ways away. I would expect... I would expect maybe we have a big Super Bowl party when the sports books open. They have not even handed out a license. They don't have any regulations set yet. Uh, it has a history of moving slow. And the other part of this bill is they're opening casinos throughout the state. The state. And at the horse tracks, they're making those r- racing, racinos. So there's a lot of work that they have to do. And it, it, so far, they've only been meeting about once a month. So I would say a target is early 2020, unfortunately. We had an outside hope. We, we were praying that maybe it would happen uh, during the football season, but I don't really see that unless we're talking about the playoffs of the Super Bowl. That's what I kind of feared. I, I Following it along a little bit, I just – I knew you were going to say that. I just want to get that out there for everyone that maybe, you know, new to it or, or kind of has been following it. Um, so my last one for you, uh, I do want to talk a little college football, especially with, well, week one, week zero last week, but now week one coming up this week. Any mm-hmm. games you're looking at or anything like that? Um, any big time spreads or any, any tips for any betters out there? Yeah, you know what's unfortunate about about the state of college football? Now, I love it as much as anybody. Get Get excited for week to week. The focus really has to be about the games. If you, if you like to think about future bets and what's going to happen with the championship, uh, right now it just feels like, well, it's set. It's Alabama and Clemson. Those are your two best teams in the nation, and they're probably going to meet up again in the end. And I think Alabama ends up taking out Clemson if that's who they meet in the end, but there's just this disparity between those guys and the rest of the country right now with the Saban and Dabo Sweeney and everybody else. But as far as week number one, it was cool. I didn't like that, how they started things, especially with Miami, Florida, a nice quality matchup to get everybody excited, get the juices flowing. Watch out for Utah in the Pac-12. This is a team that will probably be debating throughout the entire year. Should they be in the playoff? Because they might end up being um, a one-loss team. On the local side, the win total has jumped up a bunch over the offseason. Watch out for Michigan State. I think they're going to be strong. And and the division in the West over there, the the non-Ohio State-Michigan side in the Big Ten, I think it is completely up for grabs you could make an argument for any school to take down that division outside of lovey's illinois team 
And I would watch out for Nebraska or maybe P.J. Fleck takes the big jump this season up with Minnesota. So that, that should be really fun to monitor as, as the season gets going. But unfortunately, and it's a yearly thing, the top schools just schedule these cupcakes. They just want to rack yeah. up some victories before they get going into conference play. And it's, it's certainly understandable. It is. Um, Northwestern not doing the same thing. They're going on the road in week one to take on Stanford, but most schools, that's exactly what they do. Well, as most know, obviously college football really starts this weekend, and I count it as week one because Oklahoma actually plays, and you know there's a lot of big games. But <laughs> the NFL is coming up as well, and I'm kind of curious to get – this is going to be my final question to you. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a two-part here. One, I want your prediction on the Bears, and two, uh, who's your Super Bowl pick? Oh, Man, let's get right to it. Okay. Uh, for, for the Bears season wins, you're, you're talking, Aaron? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, I, I don't want to go 9-7 and seven because I think that's a, that's a bit of a cop-out. I, I, I think Green Bay is such an enigma, and I alluded to this earlier. Now, what we've seen in recent seasons is – the new head coach gets that bump. We've seen so, including Matt Nagy a year ago, Frank Reich in Indianapolis, these teams that just take this massive leap with a fresh voice and teams with talented rosters. Is Aaron Rodgers going to buy in? I mean, they could sit near the bottom of the division or they could be at the very top. And something to watch out for as we, we talk so much about what LaFleur is going to do for the offense and if Aaron Rodgers is going to buy in. But what we need to pay attention to is that defense that Adrian Amos joined and Mike Pettin in his second year as a defensive coordinator, uh, a huge upgrade over Capers in years past. And they spent all of their money. They spent all their assets in the draft on that defense, so I'm expecting a huge upgrade with Green Bay. This division is just going to beat up on each other. And if you're saying that the Bears are going to win eight or nine games, it, it, you're not criticizing the Bears. I mean, I just there aren't any free wins, but welcome to the NFL. That's, a, that's exactly what it is from season to season. I'm going to say that the Bears go 9-7, and seven and they're going to be fighting for a wild card and we're going to see a much better season out of the Minnesota Vikings, and they're going to end up squeaking out that NFC North, and maybe it comes down to the final week of the season because, you know what, week 17, it's got to be Bears-Vikings because they play every single year in the final week for for some reason. I know. I I don't understand it. Uh, The top of the NFC, now I think New Orleans and the L.A. Rams end up taking a, a step back, and that could be some good news for Bears fans. I think the Cowboys also take a step back. I mean, this league, every year you see all these new playoff teams, and I'm expecting to see the same thing in the NFC. The team representing the NFC will be the Philadelphia Eagles. Just stay healthy, Carson Wentz. I love that team. I don't even know how involved Jordan Howard is going to be with that offense. They brought in so many backs, and uh, Doug Peterson just churns those guys in and out. They have just so many weapons, such a great offense. Alshon Jeffrey's still there, of course. And out of the AFC, you know, I would have said that we're going to have a Colts-Eagles Super Bowl, but I can't say that anymore. I've been looking at the Chiefs, but – now that some of the problems have left Pittsburgh, I know everyone's on the Cleveland train. I think the Steelers are going to contend. I could see a Steelers-Eagles Super Bowl. 
and the Eagles win for the second time in three years. Well, I, I know a lot of the uh, Bears fans out here listen to it. Hope that you're wrong. Uh, I, I know, I know. I, I hope we're celebrating a Super Bowl title um, in in early February. But Joe, really appreciate you having coming on, man, to talk all that betting, football, everything. I appreciate it. Um, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? I'm at Joe O670. I always put put my schedule out there. What it, what's uh, going on from week to week? Uh, it moves a bit depending on the Cubs and the Bulls action. To in the evening, I'll, most nights I'm on either 670 the score or on the Radio.com app for you better you bet. Perfect. Thanks again, man. We'll have to do it again sometime. Zach and Aaron, it was a blast. Anytime. And welcome back into the Bear Report podcast. That was our interview um, with Joe Ostrowski of 670 The Score. He also a weeknight show there. And he also hosts the You Better You Bet podcast on Radio.com. It's all about betting. Um, some good stuff there about the NFL, some Bears bets, all that good stuff. Aaron, before we hit the regular season, though, we have one more preseason game in our way. Uh, Thursday night at Soldier Field versus Tennessee. Um, let's get into our kind of what we're watching for to kind of close out this podcast. I'll go first. I'm looking at special teams again. I don't think the coverage units have been very good um, all preseason long. And I know Chris Tabor's working with guys that, you know, maybe might not be on the roster. Um, majority of them might not be on the roster coming next come next week. But special teams coverage has been a problem for the Bears since Tabor's got here. So for me – it might have to fall back on coaching and, and how Tabor gets these guys prepared because something's got to change. If they look this bad in the regular season, there's going to be a big cry for uh, some special teams help. And then the other part of the special teams I'm looking at is Eddie Pinero. Um, you touched on it earlier, hit that long 58-yard field goal against the Colts. Great celebration. I think he's won the job. As long as he doesn't go out there and have just an absolute clunker of a game, uh, I think we're going to look at Eddie Pinero lining up at Soldier Field week one um, as your starting field goal kicker. So we'll see about that. But uh, what is something that you're kind of watching for? Well, I think I'm going to go offensive side of the ball. That's kind of something we just touched on a little bit. But it, it, it's going to be running back for me. I, I think out of all the roster battles in terms of guys that are actually on the roster that may be up for grabs, that would be the one that I'm most interested in. And it's mainly for the fact, like I said, Kareth White has been – an explosive returner. Uh, as far as a running back, he's he's definitely going to be a work in progress. I mean, we kind of talked about this when he was drafted. Uh, my film evaluation of him was pretty simple. I think that he can be effective as an outside zone runner and a pass catcher every once in a while if you get him out in the open field. But in terms of actually being a technical runner, um, being able to do a whole lot outside of just use speed, I don't think that's really his game as of yet. But again, his speed as a returner, even if it's not really this year because you have Cordero Patterson, you can still have somebody like that on your roster for special teams, kind of like you just touched on. The other one is obviously Ryan Nall. Ryan Nall, man, he's such a he's such a fun guy to watch in the preseason. He's also weird to watch for me because I watch him, and it's like his initial burst um, when he touches the ball, and usually when he's behind the line, is somewhat slow. 
But once he gets in the open field, I mean, he's just a, he just has a second gear and he's able, he's big, he can catch the ball, he can block. I mean, he's kind of that do it all guy that you can kind of use as like an H back. I mean, if you wanted to use him at a fullback, I don't know if he's quite a good enough blocker or experienced enough blocker, but he's definitely somebody that has some value. Um, so I, I think that those are kind of the guys. I mean, Josh Caldwell is there, but I don't think I don't think you can bring that guy in um, and have you know two games and basically less than a week and expect him to make the roster. I mean, he could be a practice squad guy, or maybe he was simply getting an audition for other teams. I mean, the Bears are pretty stacked at running back, but I think between Null and White. Uh, that's going to be an interesting battle because I think you can make a very strong case for either player. I know a lot of people love Ryan Null. Uh, I wouldn't mind having either one on the roster, um, just kind of knowing that neither one of them are really going to play that much unless they make like a surprise cut and cut Mike Davis to save the comp pick, which I don't think there's any way that's going to happen. But th- that's kind of the one thing I'm watching for. I mean, tight end can also be argued in offensive line, but again, with offensive line, I think if anything, if they if they if they have another swing tackle, not named Alex Bars and or uh, Richard Coward, it's probably going to come from outside of the roster. Yeah, well, and we'll see if they do what they do with the waivers and if they do try to make a trade um, to help out with some depth there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a pretty boring um, fourth preseason finale. Which before we kind of wrap things up, though, do you remember a couple years back when um, we thought? Uh, so, you know, the fourth preseason game, obviously, it was uh, John Fox. I think it was his last year. So, yeah, it was Trubisky's rookie year. The Bears were playing their arch preseason rival, the Cleveland Browns, and the Bears were trailing by, like, 11, and John Fox put Mitchell Trubisky in the game with, like, a minute, like, minute 30 left. Do you remember well, you that? Remember, yeah, you, but you remember why, uh, right? Was it? Connor no, Shaw what? got injured again running for his life like he was doing oh, pretty yeah, much all of the preseason he got hurt and they had to put trubisky back in and trubisky took that huge hit it was like the second right. to the last play of the game y'all oh, i was so pissed i, I mean, was at that point reading at the tv just put the punter and hand it off three times they had to put mike glennon in mike glennon was yeah. useless like i mean he clearly obviously he was a starter but he clearly was a very good player but yeah i mean that was that was that was definitely my last straw with john fox even moving into the season when i thought you should have been fired that was that was it but yeah, oh my god, that was that was, just, that was yeah. that's a rough memory to bring up. Why you gotta do that? I was just gonna really say to you, I was just gonna really say like this is our last podcast before we're previewing the Bears and the Packers. We're finally into the regular season. And you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, remember that time that Trubisky's career almost ended before it even started? Yeah, I, dude, oh that oh, that's my, like my favorite preseason moment ever. Just like John Fox thinking that was okay, and he, and then he defended it in the in the in the post. Game press conference. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, thankfully, we don't have to uh, deal with that anymore. And uh, we actually have a guy who's pretty smart there with uh, Matt Nagy. But, um, Aaron, man, thanks again for joining me. Uh, next week should actually be a blast because we'll be able to preview Bears-Packers week one to kick off the NFL's 100th season. Uh, I can't wait for that one. I know you're pretty damn excited, too. I am, man. Well, I mean, we'll be able to break down all the roster moves. I mean, we'll know who the kicker is, at least the week one kicker is, even though I think we already know. And obviously then hopefully we'll be breaking down a Cody Whitehair extension and then breaking down the the, the preview and maybe go over some re- record predictions. We may may run that one a little long just because it's, a, you know, the, the, the season preview or whatever. But, yeah, I'm I'm extremely excited, man. It's it's been a long off season. I mean, for multiple reasons, obviously the whole parky thing, but it's just, man, it's so it's so nice that we're finally going to be able to stop seeing all this crap on Twitter from people just 
you know, just crapping all over the Bears. And we're finally going to get to see everything play out, whether they're good, whether they're bad. I mean, I think I think we're I think we both think they're going to be really good, but I'm just ready to see it all play out. I'm tired of talking about what could have been or what could be or whatever it may be. Like, I'm just ready to actually see them get on the field and see what happens. Same, man. I just can't wait to get just get ready for football. We'll let that podcast run a little long. I have no problem with that. Um, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? You can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL. And you can read Aaron's work on the Bear Report. Follow me on Twitter at, at Zach Z-A-K, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. You can follow the Bear Report at, at Bear Report. And we'll be back next week previewing Bears Packers week one and the 2019 NFL season. Until then, enjoy Bears fans. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.